welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, we're going to be talking about how to save your relationship in, in particular communication and how we as women can make ourselves feel as though we're being heard in our relationships. And I've got a very, very special guest. Her name is Stacey Peasel. She's a women's relationship coach. And this is an area of expertise. So welcome, Stacey. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me here, Lynn. You're very welcome. So in terms of um, how to save your relationship, Stacey, and, and in particular, um, that's using effective communication, how did you get, I suppose, um, is it by your own experience that you came to be an expert around this particular topic or was it by default? Oh, definitely the the hard the hard road of experience for sure. <laughs> I used to just think it was just me that that had challenges when it comes to communication and feeling heard. Um, and I, I realized through my own experience and then later also through my additional training that I wasn't the only one. Certainly not. I've actually experienced that myself. And in particular, like you just said, you know, um, I think my feedback that I've received from women in particular in their relationships is they don't feel heard, even though the guys might think they are listening. Yes. <laughs> women, you know, quite often say they don't feel they're being heard. Yeah, absolutely. And then it causes, since they don't feel heard, then they don't feel seen in the relationship, causing them to feel alone. And then they already feel like they're doing all the things. And so then slowly or, you know, actually very quickly, you can go towards, well, then why bother? If I'm already doing everything and I'm not feeling seen and heard, then why stay? Absolutely. So do you feel that um, in general, you know, once women have done the inner work that they tend to change and then by default, they attract change within their relationship? Or do you think quite often they change and decide that that's not the relationship for them anymore? I think both can be true. Uh, you know, there there is a certain element if if both, you know, couples are not wanting to continue to grow. And, you know, if you continue to do self-improvement and growth and the other partner is not willing to, then that certainly can cause you know, a, a gap in the relationship. But what I do find is that when women learn how to truly own their power and not fight against it, so they step into that that feminine power, then they do have the ability to create change in the relationship. And the, you know, the, the husband or their partner um, sometimes doesn't even really know what's happening and just you know, the power of reciprocity happens and and things start to change. So I, I do, I've found some really, really amazing uh, comeback stories when it comes to that. Absolutely, can absolutely 
genuinely say that I've been on that path and, and seen that progress and uh, empowerment within women too. So it's an exciting topic to talk about because we you, we talked uh, a little bit off air and um, you just mentioned there about you know women stepping into their feminine power and this is something I speak about quite a lot on my own trainings and I'm just thinking what what would be your definition of what that is? Oh gosh, there's just so much. I I really bring it back to the the inner wisdom and you know the fact that that women have have an innate ability to create change and to tap into that that divine feminine that can can truly be both, you know, magnetic and feminine and graceful and also really incredibly powerful. If you look at, you know, women in in stressful situations when they come in and they, you know, something happens to their child or they have to like there's an incredible amount of strength and power within. But I find that a lot of women try to use it in more of a masculine way and so they tend to try to almost compete with their partner. And then that really shuts down intimacy um, because they're trying to evoke the change with their agenda and push change um, versus really being the change within themselves. And so I think that's, you know, unfortunately what happens is, you know, we're tend to be natural nurturers and we tend to try to help and we're trying to help our husband to change. We're trying to, you know, help our kids if we're if we're moms and we're doing all of the things, but we're doing it for everyone else. And then what can happen is we can get resentful and that starts to kind of stack up. And then all of a sudden we've lost who we are in the relationship and we don't know how to reclaim that back. Thank you. That was a great explanation. And um, I think one of our faults as women, and I put my hands up, in relation to this as well is that we can sometimes um want to fix our partner <laughs> or, <laughs> or look at them as being a project or you know uh they can be more than you know because you you can gl- catch glimpses of their potential so you're yeah. sort of you're fixated on that rather than like you say looking within about how you can change which then positively excuse me, positively impacts the relationship. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a slight different approach. And, you know, most of the women that I work with, um, they they second guess whether it works because they're like, "Mm, this doesn't seem to work. And I'm like, well, but what you've been doing hasn't been working. So let's just try this and see. And, and they are pleasantly surprised by that. And, you know, let's face it, if you've been doing something, you know, most of your life a certain way or it's been modeled to you, it's it's going to be challenging at first to to implement the new changes. And but when you start to see that it positively works, um, then you feel less weight on your shoulder about the relationship because that empowerment can feel a lot lighter because you're not having to do all the things and you're letting him do what he needs to do without trying to to change him or or actually wear the trousers yourself and be both the masculine and the feminine in the relationship yeah because that can be without us realizing confrontational to our men can't it because all they can feel if we do default into our masculine energy is um 
another masculine energy in the room and that can cause conflict. Yeah, what ends up happening is there's a depolarization. So when, you know, women talk about like there's no magnetic attraction, that's that magnetic attraction is the polarization. And, you know, it's not to say, I mean, we all have, you know, feminine and masculine energies within us. And so it's not to say that we can't tap into that, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's many times where I just you know, we'll tap into my masculine energy, meaning like, go, 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 do, do, do. And, you know, when I really have to be in that place and I can't, if I bring that same level of energy to my relationship, then, then there's definitely creates that conflict where if I can, you know, tap into that creative energy, the feminine energy where I'm more flow, then I'm the one that's, that's doing the work on me and I'm allowing freedom and spaciousness into the relationship. And then your partner will meet you where you're at. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is that I've found me uh, in terms of my previous relationships was that um, if you are defaulting a lot into masculine energy and quite often we do, um, especially if we've got a lot of trauma or hurt from our past, you know, quite often we have a guarded heart. And so we want to be in control of things and that can make us, you know, want to default in masculine energy. But like you said, it's not a bad thing. You know, if we need to be in masculine energy to, to take action, to do and, and be entrepreneurial in our work environment, or if we need to, you know, be competitive in a sporting environment, if we just need to feel safe from a threat, you know, it's okay, isn't it, to to use that masculine energy as a response in those situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that what can happen is sometimes women can feel like, you know, being um being inward or being um in flow or allowing you know, tenderness or vulnerability, they view it as weakness. And I think also this is, I mean, we could, we could spot, we could speak for hours about the cultural (laughs) reasons behind this and the conditioning that's behind this. And so, you know, I think that you and I are both speaking the same language as far as just, you know, it's once you become aware of that, that it's not, it's not weak and you can learn that it actually can be powerful, then you can you can find that magnetic attraction again. And, but a lot of times I think women really are operating in that wounded feminine, you know, they're feeling like a victim, they're feeling powerless, they're feeling needy, they're feeling codependent. um, And then they're trying to kind of manipulate the situation Mm. and, you know, to kind of fit what, what they feel is the right thing to do. And oftentimes they see that, you know, because the emotional intelligence is quite high for a lot of women, um, they they see, they can see kind of and feel, especially if they're empaths, what's going on. Um, whereas the, the masculine doesn't necessarily, you know, men don't necessarily feel that. So, but if women are operating in that wounded feminine, then what they're going to find is that oftentimes the, the, their partner is going to operate in the wounded masculine, right. Where they become aggressive or they try to control or, um, they're not supportive, um, or they're, you know, confrontational. And we all have those aspects in our character, don't we? And, um, you know, we can be operating from the healthy feminine or the wounded or unhealthy feminine, or we can be operating from the 
healthy masculine or the wounded or unhealthy masculine energy or even a gender neutral energy you know so I actually talk about all those five different energies in terms of what mm-hmm. we've got access to but usually if you're in heterosexual relationships normally your natural core energy as a woman is the feminine energy and that is so powerful in a relationship right. isn't it it really is yeah it really is that's that that intuitive place like you know that that women have and um you know where there's that unconditional love and that nurturing and the tenderness and kindness and and you know um sensitivity and all of those things and i think that what can happen like we've talked about is it can appear like the, those are weak things they're not strength but in in reality they are very very strong yeah and it isn't about us being airheads is it you know a lot of women think oh you know because i'm a strong professional entrepreneurial type woman that um, when when i'm sort of thinking about what femininity means to me that like you say they can reframe it in their heads as being weak or dumb don't they yeah that yeah that absolutely can happen and you know if we look at just culturally right there's you know the hustle and grind culture there's you know do 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 all of those types of things especially if you're in the entrepreneurial you know space um but even you know even for women that are not career women you know it's you know you've got to do all the things and you've got to you know your kids have to be in the best schools and they have to you know all the pressure of the way that they look and the sports that they play and all of like this it's a lot and when you're trying to also stay in a feminine energy and, you know, be a good wife, the pressure of that, it forces you to kind of, you know, step out of all of those areas, especially if you view them as weak, because you need as much strength as possible because you're doing all the things. Absolutely. And uh, I think another thing I've experienced in my relationship history is if I am the one that's inadvertently um, quite often we're not aware that we're doing this but stepping into my masculine energy and wearing the trousers in a relationship sometimes if the, the, the partner isn't strongly in his masculine energy he can step more into his feminine which then makes him unattractive to you doesn't it oh yes yes I'm glad you touched upon that yeah that's very true so often you know when men feel like they're being criticized or they feel like they're not doing good enough right so they'll they'll kind of pull away or they'll shut down um you know kind of be the the little boy in the corner kind of hiding kind of a thing and um that's just not sexy <laughs> no we want we want that confidence we want that stability we want that strength not aggressive you know controlling trying to strength but just that really you know secure thing and you know let's Humorous. face it both men and women are attracted to confidence yeah, that chivalrous, passionate strength. Yes, in the, in the healthy masculine rather than the, the toxic. Yes, you know the uh, protection, <laughs> controlling. Yes, language. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I, I, I'm in a situation where I really want to save my relationship and communication in, is an issue. Where do you start with that, then, Stacey? Well, believe it or not, I, I don't start with here's all the templates of the things to say and not to say, I I don't really start with the communication. I, I start with helping them 
to, to own their power. And I do that through looking at their own self-care. I help them to identify what their needs and desires are, because when we can understand what our core needs are, then we can start providing that for ourselves. And we're not constantly looking at it to, you know, to have it, our partner provide that for us. When you can start to provide some of that for yourself and you, you feel more confident and your cups full and not, not empty, you're, you're going to be in a much better place to be able to have a healthy communication. And so that's the place that I start. Um, and also depending upon the situation, if, if there's not a lot of, um, if there's been a lot of distance or, you know, shut down and intimacy, and I'm not talking about just physical intimacy, I'm talking about, you know, the emotional wall that we build. Hmm. If there's that, then, then really that needs to be addressed before the communication. And I find that appreciation is one of the one of the magic cures. So simply just, um, you know, if you can find something that you appreciate about your partner and, you know, thank you so much for loading the dishes last night, that really made me feel supported. Just something simple. And you start to kind of dial up a little bit more appreciation in your relationship. What's going to happen is when we feel appreciated, we start to turn towards people. And then there's that reciprocity that can go on. Mm. And, you know, when you open the door for somebody, somebody else, you know, that the two door syndrome, somebody else opens the second door. That's just, you know, you're, you're evoking change that way. And so what ends up happening is your partner will start to appreciate. And then there's more security and connection in your relationship, it starts to feel a little bit safer. And when you have that level of safety, then you can start to have open communication. Absolutely. It's about creating safety for ourselves first and foremost, but also safety for your partner to be able to have that open communication should that be needed, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's been going, if there's criticism that's been going on and, you know, we all have complaints and it's okay to want to grow the relationship. But if you've, you've, if you're remembering or looking back and thinking, yeah, I was coming off as being critical, then you're going to want to do, do some repair there to be able to make, make changes there. And what I always recommend is to do a no criticism zone for a little while and see how that goes and put a little appreciation into that. And there's a huge changes can happen just from those two things. That's been my experience too, absolutely. And in terms of examples of how you can appreciate, what examples can you give either from your own personal experience or from your clients that you've worked with that, that's really worked some magic? Well, like I just mentioned, the the one on the dishes, um, what I would say is, you know, it's easy for us to you know, get up in the morning and we see, you know, our husband's socks on the floor. We look at all the different things we don't like and we we pile up all of those things. And sometimes we miss that, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he made you coffee or maybe he, um, you know, took the kids off somewhere or did something. So sometimes we can miss all of those, some of the other little things because we don't feel like our needs are getting met. And so we're just seeing all the negatives. So I would just invite you to, you know, look for those little things and then say, you know, I really appreciate and then fill in the blank with what that is. It made me feel whatever that is. And if there's something that you want more of in your life, then you can say that. You can say, I really loved it when you did that. You know, if you want to do that a little more of that, that would be great. Yeah. 
because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy doesn't it so whether that's a positive yeah. or negative comment you yeah. know most most men want to know how do i make her happy yeah. and if you can powerfully say this is what will really make me happy um and you know that it can it can go quite far just without <laughs> they can definitely and uh i suppose it's interesting to note that sometimes we don't realize we're coming across as being critical to men yeah yeah absolutely and and especially if if you've had uh, a defensive response or um, a deflective response in the past, or if you've had a response where you start to have a conversation and he picks one thing out of that conversation and goes down that road and you're like, that's not what this is even about, then then just understand that that's normal. And, and, you know, there's some different ways that you can communicate so that he will stay on track with what you're talking about and, and be able to respond lovingly and hear you. But if your approach is that he's defensive or deflective or, um, you know, gets angry, then, then it's time to look at your approach and, and try something different. I found what's worked and I don't know whether you've delivered it in this way, Stacey, yourself, but, um, rather than you know finger pointing and laying blame and saying you never do or you always do and some negative action or behavior that you're irritated about um it's a, it's a, about like what you just mentioned previously about what makes you feel good and happy and this is what i really love when you do this for me you know make it about yourself yeah. rather than about them absolutely absolutely and even if you do that if you've not done that in the past, you may get a similar response than you had in the past. And just know and understand that it takes a little bit of time for that response to start to change because, you know, he's probably programmed to responding and thinking you're going to criticize him and try to change him. And he's like, you know, doing pushback. And another tip that I'll, I'll give the listeners is that if you do approach and you say, this would really make me happy, or I feel this, you know, when you do this and, and it's a positive thing, that it may take a little bit of time um, for him to come around. So, you know, don't get, don't try to push your own timeline, have a little bit of patience. Cause I do find that um, men really take things seriously when they commit and they need to have all the details and they need to kind of process it in order to be able to implement it where women are let, you know, tend to tend to say things like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then they just go ahead and try something new. So just understand that there might be, you know, if your partner takes a little bit longer to process or to implement, just give him the freedom. And that's a level of respect that he'll he'll appreciate. I thank you so much for mentioning that, that men do take that time to process things that normally takes longer than it would be if the woman was uh, receiving the same information and in his shoes. Um, I had a fascinating conversation with somebody or um, I read it somewhere whereby they say that men's brains are very different to women's brains in that they can't, can't, pe I can't, can't put my teeth in Lynn, uh, can't, <laughs> I can't say the word, compartmentalize, compartmentalize, that's it. Oh, yes, yes, compartmentalize, yes. That's the word I'm trying to get out. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, in their brains, it's like a probably a block of flats where they've got different rooms for different things in their life and different areas of their life. And you're in one of those rooms or or areas, uh, whereas women's brains are like spaghetti. You know, yes, 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 absolutely. Um, and if you can if you can just understand and know that and recognize that they're that the brains, you know, are different. Um and there's nothing wrong with it. There's just, there's just, they're just different. Um, men actually have a place that, you know, there's like an empty box and they can just go there and think nothing. Um, sometimes I think, wow, that must be amazing to be able to do that. I don't have that capacity. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be doing some form of exercise, um, to be not, not thinking about lots of different things. Thank you for sharing that, because I think it's important to to remember, you know, generally speaking, that women are different to men. And so men hear things differently than the way women would hear things. Um, and quite often, as I say, we can mistakenly say something that a man would receive as criticism and, and probably say a similar thing to a girlfriend and they wouldn't receive it in that way. Yeah, it's true. And their primary focus is all around protection. And that's the, the, usually the role that, that most men are, you know, um, focused on. And so when you bring something to their attention, that means to them that they're not doing a very good job in protecting you. So oftentimes they will pull away. I've seen a lot of women that, you know, get emotional in the situation and they say, well, let's separate or let's divorce. And, you know, the men are just trying to make them happy and say, okay. And when in reality, it's not what they really want, mm -hmm. um, but they feel like they don't have any other option. And then when the women, you know, have kind of come out of the emotional storm, they might second guess or change their mind. And then there's that disconnect. And so being able to create that connection again, can be really challenging when you're doing it on your own. It certainly can. So for anybody that's listening that um, resonates with what we're talking about, you're not alone in this and don't feel like you've been making mistakes and you, that you need to beat yourself up because we've all been there. And, <laughs> you know, we don't know what we don't know until we do, do we? Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's that's such a great way to express that, Lynn. When we beat ourselves up and we, you know, offer ourselves more guilt and shame, it it just makes the healing process and so much more difficult. And so that's why we need to start with some compassion and love for ourselves and and help, you know, bring yourselves into community. You don't have to do do it alone. We we think it means that we we're not independent, but trust me, I'm very independent. And I also realize that I can do way more when I'm surrounded with a community of women. Totally agree. So Stacey, for anybody that's listening that would like to connect with you and want to find out more around how to save their relationship and how specifically to gain some communi good communication skills, what's your best contact information? I would say a great place to start is I offer a free Facebook group called Save My Marriage. It's a women's only community and I have free training and resources and a community of lovely women in there that support each other and lift each other up and um, and are, are learning how to use their voice and there's no shame uh, around 
you know, needing support in our marriage. We all struggle, even Lynn, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, myself too. So there's no perfection here. And uh, when the more that we talk about it, the more that we can normalize it. And um, the more that we can utilize that as our own strength. Thank you so much. And any final words of wisdom around how to save your relationship that you can leave our listeners with, Stacey? I really just believe that just just like I said, if if we can if we can normalize that relationships, marriage is hard. It's not easy. It doesn't look like Instagram all the time. And there are ways that you can navigate the challenging times a whole lot easier. And uh, why not make it easier and so that you're thriving in your relationship? Because that's what we all want, isn't it? At the end of the day, we all want a healthy relationship, but none of us have had probably past experiences that have been good models for that. And we certainly don't get taught it at school. And, um, you know, we all want... <laughs> passion intimacy and to feel safe and protected don't we absolutely absolutely and everyone deserves that and we just we weren't exactly or at least for me and for most of the women that I come in contact we weren't modeled that that's for sure sadly not but hopefully going forward that will start to change with the you know expertise such as yourself um being able to share so thank you very much Stacey that's been a fascinating conversation Absolutely. I appreciate it, Lynn, and I appreciate the work that you're doing and this beautiful podcast to help other listeners as well. Thank you for that. And um, so it just leaves me to say, listeners, that true love starts with opening our hearts. Until next time, goodbye for now. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.